Astakur ki Prem Shri Kaho Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Dvaita Gadadhar Shri Vasari Gaur Bhakti Vinda Shri Shri Radha Krishna Gopina Shaima Kunda Radha Kunda Giri Govardhana Ki Jai Vrindavan Dhamma Ki Jai Mathura Dhamma Ki Jai Navadvip Mayapur Dhamma Ki Jai Jagannath Puri Dhamma Ki Jai Gangamai Juna Devi Ki Jai Bhakti Devi Ki Jai Tulsi Maharani Ki Jai Samaveta Bhakti Vrinda Ki Jai Gaur Premananda All glories to the assembled devotees All glories to the assembled devotees all glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to Sri Guru and Goranga. All glories to Sri Prabhupada. In my own vision of Padayati, Sri Ustari, Guru Mahesh, Mahadev Bhakti, Vedanta Swami, Tinamada. Namaste, Saraswati Devi, Gauravada, Pichani, Namaste, Sassini, Namaste, Jai Jai Shri Chaitanya Jaya Nityananda Jai Jai Shri Chaitanya Jaya Nityananda Jai June 1st, 2013 in Paris, France. And is, are you going to is, is, are you guys you going to translate? Do you want to do it simultaneously? Okay. Okay, and I'll I'll also speak slowly. But if I get too fast, you will tell me to slow down. Okay, and if I say something you don't understand, you can ask me to repeat. Is that a deal? <laughs> Agreement. Okay, very good. So, reading from Chaitanya Charitamrita, Majalila, Chapter Thirteen: The Lord's Dancing at Ratiyatra. And we're going to read from text 88. Through ninety seven Loka Nivarite Hailatina Mandala Pratama Mandale Nichinanda Mahabala Loka The people Nivarite to check Haila there were Tina, Tina. Three. Three. Mandala, Mandala. Circles. Circles. Pratama Mandale. In the first circle. Nichinanda. Lord Nichinanda. Mahabala. Of great strength. Translation. Just to check the crowds from coming too near the Lord, they formed three circles. The first circle was guided by Nityananda Prabhu, who was Balaram himself, 
the possessor of great strength. So here, Lord Chaitanya is dancing in the kirtan. Maybe we should read. Actually, maybe we'll go back and read a little bit. We'll start from 84, actually, so you get a sense of the lila. So starting from 84. When Chaitanya Mahaprabhu danced, he displayed various blissful, transcendental changes in his body. Sometimes he appeared as though stunned. Sometimes the hairs of his body stood on end. Sometimes he perspired, cried, trembled, and changed color. And sometimes he exhibited symptoms of helplessness, pride, exuberance, and humility. When Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu fell down with a crash while dancing, he would roll on the ground. At such times it appeared that a golden mountain was rolling on the ground. Nityananda Prabhu would stretch out his two hands and try to catch the Lord when he was running here and there. Advaitacharya would walk behind the Lord and loudly chant, Haribo, Haribo, again and again. Just to check the crowds from coming too near the Lord, they formed three circles. The first circle was guided by Nityananda Prabhu, who was Balaram himself, the possessor of great strengths. The Lord is dancing in ecstasy, sometimes falling, rolling on the ground. So they wanted to protect the Lord. Of course, that's interesting that they want to protect the Lord, who is the protector of everyone. But Krishna, as the Supreme Lord, Krishna's to Bhagavan Swayam, he's very soft. He's very tender-hearted. And we find that he has expansions of himself that protect himself. Balaram protects the Dham. Lord Shiva protects the Dham. And so Lord Nityananda is in this first circle with great strength. Oh, this is also Ekaleshwar Krishna. That only Krishna is the controller, everyone else is a servant. So Lord Nityananda, who's, although he is also God, he's acting as a servant of Lord Chaitanya. Text 89. All the devotees headed by Kashishvara and Govinda linked hands and formed a second circle around the Lord's. Three barriers. And next one, 90. Maharaj Pratyaparudra and his personal assistants formed a third circle around the two inner circles just to check the crowd from coming too near. Now, of course, if you've been to India, you'll notice that when things are very crowded, people are pushing. It's definitely a pushing culture. (laughs) In fact, I remember on the 500th anniversary of Mahaprabhu's appearance, our family was in Mayapur, and we were going to get on a boat to go to Navadweep. So we were there with our two oldest children. Our son was 11, our daughter was 7. And my husband had to hold our daughter up on his shoulders, otherwise she would have gotten killed. I mean, there was, people were pushing, and they would have suffocated her in the crowds. You know, such big, big crowds. So here we see Lord Chaitanya is dancing in ecstasy, and the devotees are protecting the Lord from being disturbed in his ecstasy. So do you have this picture now? It's going to be important for this story that you get a picture. Mahaprabhu's dancing, and he's not staying in one place. He's, he's running here and there. He's rolling on the ground. So it's not easy to protect him. And then you have this one circle with Lord Nityananda and the devotees. Then around there is another circle of Kashishwar and Govinda. Then another circle of King Pratyaparudra and his associates. 
and all three circles, one inside of another, are following the Lord as he's running and dancing, and they're, they're holding hands, and they're keeping out the anybody who might disturb him. Okay, text 91. With his hands on the shoulders of Harichandra, King Pratyaparudra could see Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu dancing, and the king felt great ecstasy. So this is the transcendental system. The devotees feel ecstatic by seeing that the Lord is ecstatic. And of course, the Lord feels ecstatic by seeing that the devotees are ecstatic. Materialistic consciousness is, I feel happy when you're unhappy. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I want to be happier than everybody else, isn't it? So you get a very nice car. You want your neighbors to have a car that's not quite as nice. They can have a nice car, but yours has to be nicer. Right? If you marry a beautiful woman, so you want, well, you want it to be the most beautiful woman. You don't want your friends to marry someone who's more beautiful. You understand? A woman gets some nice jewelry. She doesn't want her friends to have as nice jewelry or nicer. It has to be a little less. So our enjoyment in this world, we enjoy others' misfortune. Why do you think the news is so full of misfortune? Isn't it? Every day the news is full of misfortune. So people are enjoying that. Oh, just see, this rich person lost all their money. Ha, ha. This famous person is really an alcoholic. Oh, pretty good. <laughs> and they're, they're enjoying. Okay? Sometimes, of course, we try to enjoy others' happiness. We see this especially with parents and children. The parents enjoy the happiness of their children. So this is the transcendent reality. And the transcendent reality, Krishna enjoys the happiness of his devotees and the devotees enjoy the happiness of Krishna and the devotees enjoy the happiness of the other devotees. We call this vicarious, enjoying through somebody else. So the spiritual world, all pleasure is like that. All pleasure is I'm enjoying through somebody else's pleasure. I'm not interested in enjoying directly. Just imagine if there's a society where everyone's pleasure is everyone else's pleasure. If the way I felt happy was by, getting, by making all of you happy, and the way you felt happy was by making everyone else, and the way you felt happy was by making everybody else happy, what kind of a society would that be? Would you want to be in that kind of a society? So that's Goloka Vrindavan. That's Goloka Vrindavan. That is, in fact, that is the difference between spirit and matter. Prabhupada says in the 14th chapter of Krishna book that Maya exists only within the mind. So what is this Maya? This illusion is that I am going to be happy independently. That's illusion. That's not possible. You can't be happy independently. Hmm? Just like Prabhupada always gives the example of the hand and the stomach. If the hand tries to be happy independent of the stomach, it's not possible. If the hand says, I'm going to take this bread and I'm going to rub it into myself, 
will not work. If the hand is, is cut off from the body, it's simply gross. And if you if somebody had if you, somebody cut off my hand, and you just see the hand lying there, horrible, huh? Or a really nice part of the body. Everybody likes their eyes. Everybody likes their eyes. Yes, we're all very proud of our eyes. But if you took some eyeball. There's some eyeball like there. <laughs> you would not like very much. Right? Or they have these, these advertisements for hair for hair products, you know, shampoo and so many things. And there's always some woman waving her <laughs> hair in a circle on the on the posters. Yes? And everyone oh what beautiful hair. But again if you see some hair if you you see on the ground there's some hair. It's disgusting. So when the hair is connected to the body, it's very attractive. I was at an airport one time with some devotees, and they were, you know, in the airports how they show uh, advertisements. And they were showing some advertisement of this beautiful young girl with beautiful hair spinning her head around. And the men who were there with me, they're, they're, all of a sudden they're looking at the floor, you know. And I could understand, oh, for them this is disturbing. But if they just saw this woman's hair on the floor, it would not be disturbing. If you go to a barber shop and there's hair lying on the it's disgusting, actually. Yes? So, I mean, we've all had experience where we try to enjoy separately from Krishna. Every day I'm trying to enjoy separately from Krishna, and every day I'm getting frustrated. Why can't I be happy? Why am I not happy? Why are there so many miseries, birth, death, old age, and disease? Every day I get frustrated. Prabhupada says in this Kali Yuga, we're always beset by one of these miseries. And do we experience this, how frustrating it is to try to be happy separate from Krishna? To try to be happy at others' expense? It doesn't even feel very good, does it? Hmm? Whenever, whenever we have some envious thought like that, oh... Why do they have that and I don't? Why do they have something else? Yes? Do you have these thoughts? And it doesn't, it doesn't make us joyful, does it? And we find that practically all of our pleasures in this world, they don't fill us like here. King Pratavruta is filled with ecstasy. And, and what is he doing? He's, just, he's not dancing. He's just watching and guarding. You know, you think normally the person who's dancing, he's, he's the one enjoying. Everyone else is, is suffering. The Lord Chaitanya is the one dancing in ecstasy. But the Maharaj Pradipurupa, he's not suffering, he's also in ecstasy. By serving, by facilitating the Lord's happiness, he's in ecstasy. And I'm sure we've had some, as I say, some experience of this. If you have children, you certainly experience this with your children. You know, the, the parents, they'll work very hard for their children to go to school. And when the children get their diploma, when the children graduate, the parents feel very happy. I was reading a, a story about this man who was in the concentration camps in Nazi Germany. And he was put in when he was very young, so he never got an education. 
And of course, basically his childhood was taken away from him. And he was just forced to labor in the camps without very much food and so forth. And later, after the end of World War II, he came to America. Not all of his family were killed in the war. And in America, he was a fruit seller. But he always felt very uh, embarrassed that he wasn't educated. He always felt that he was an inferior. You know, he went through his whole life feeling like that. But when his son graduated from college, then all of a sudden he changed his view about himself. He felt, oh, my son has graduated from college. And that was happiness for himself, even though he had only had a few years of education. And if we, uh, so especially this is true with parents and children. Basically it's true with parents and children because we feel like the child is part of us because the child's body was formed from our bodies. Therefore, we have this sense that the child's happiness is my happiness. But sometimes, even, with others, sometimes with a friend or with a spouse or uh, with someone else, we may also feel like that, that we may find that we get more happiness at someone else's happiness than we have at our own. And I'm sure we've experienced that if we give gifts to somebody else, we may get more pleasure than if we use that money for ourselves. Everybody's experienced this. You know, if you have 100 euros and you buy something nice for yourself, you may like it, but if you buy something nice for someone that you care about, it may give you more pleasure. This is the whole basis, of course, for philanthropy, for charity work. And Srila Prabhupada will often say that this tendency for love of God it comes out in this sort of thing. It comes out in wanting to serve your family, wanting to serve your country, uh, wanting to serve humanity, or wanting to serve the animals. Of course, materially, it's not, it's not really like that. One is still really thinking about their own happiness. One is still really thinking, well, I'm giving this charity, and that way I will feel satisfied. You don't completely forget about your own happiness. And in fact, materially, if the thing you're doing doesn't at some point bring you back a return of some kind, at least emotional, you'll stop doing it. You know, the, so even materially speaking, even though we see this tendency to want to try to be happy through somebody else's happiness, we don't really do it. But here in Mahaprabhu's pastimes, I mean, these pastimes of Mahaprabhu are giving us a glimpse of how we can be in this Vrindavan consciousness, even in these bodies in this world. You know, when we read about Krishna's Leela, it may be a little difficult, because you may think, well, you know, those are the coward boys and the gopis, and Krishna's lifting Govardhan Hill, all these miracles happening, and, you know, I, one may not relate to the cowherd boys and the gopis and the cows and etc. But with Mahaprabhu's Leela, we can very much relate. We've all been to a Ratiyatra, yes? And we've all been dancing in the Kirtan. So these, the Leelas of Mahaprabhu, it almost sounds like it's happening in Iskhan. Actually, of course, it is really happening in Iskhan, but it sounds like that. I remember when I first read Bhagavatam, we were reading it as Srila Prabhupada was translating it. We were getting the books as he was translating it. And I loved the stories, but I didn't feel that it had anything to do with me. 
You know, I've never been in an airplane traveling through outer space that looked like a great city. Or, you know, all these incredible stories. I, I didn't know how I could apply that to me. And then when then Prabhupada took a break from translating Bhagavatam, started translating Chaitanya Charitamrita, and all of a sudden it was like, oh, it sounded like I was reading the Sankirtan newsletter from another temple. <laughs> you know, so this is this is a model that we can have. Now, if we want to enter into that society where everybody's happiness is everyone else's happiness, it's just imagine that there's no envy then. And that there's no conflict. If my happiness, if, if I'm getting my happiness completely from all of your happiness, and everyone is doing that, nobody's in conflict with one another anymore. There's no, there's no question of exploitation is finished. There's no cheating. How could I cheat anybody if my happiness was your happiness? Does that make sense to anybody? Yes, I have no reason. If I'm cheating you, then I'm cheating me. If I'm exploiting you, I'm exploiting myself. Right? So here they're showing us how do you enter into this. It's not that Lord Chaitanya is just in ecstasy and the devotees are all just, okay, I'm guarding the Lord, when am I going to get my chance to dance? But Maharaj Prudra, he's also feeling ecstatic. Doing that service, just saying, I'm facilitating the Lord's service. And why is the Lord ecstatic? He's ecstatic seeing the devotee service. So throughout the Chaitanya Charitamrita, we have models like this. How do we practice this? How do we put this into action? We see this, of course, also was explained previously in Chaitanya Charitamrita in Chapter 8 of Majalila, the conversation between Ramananda Roy and Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. How in the spiritual world, that each of the gopis wants other gopis to be with Krishna. It was explained that the gopis, they feel a hundred times happier when Radharani's with Krishna than when they're with Krishna. But Radharani, it says, is feeling 10 million times happier when the other gopis are with Krishna than when she's with Krishna. So the gopis are trying to get Radharani to be with Krishna. Radharani's trying to get the other gopis to be with Krishna. And that's their happiness. And Krishna, when he sees this behavior, he becomes very happy. That's what attracts Krishna. Because that's the kind of society that Krishna wants to live in. That's really the kind of society we all want to live in. Now Krishna wants to live in a society where everyone's trying to please everyone else. And Krishna's trying to please everyone else. Again, it's not that Krishna's just a big enjoyer. And everyone else is suffering and everyone else is working hard in some, you know, Siberian labor camp while Krishna's enjoying just like when Krishna takes the clothes from the washerman in Mathura he had asked the washerman for cloth and the washerman didn't give and Krishna had his own way of taking the cloth so Krishna and Balaram they picked the cloth that they desired and then each of the coward boys they also picked whatever cloth they desired it wasn't that just Krishna and Balaram took some cloth and the coward boys didn't have it and they each had their personal likes and dislikes. You, know, you see all the coward boys say, 
Oh, I really like that yellow one with the green border. Oh, I like it. They each got what they desired. And then they went to a tailor who made clothes for everybody. So everybody's getting it. You know, it's not just the Krishna's wearing peacock feathers and playing a flute. The cowherd boys are also wearing peacock feathers and playing flutes. And the Brihad Bhagavatamrita, when the mature Brahmana saw Gopakumar, he thought he was Krishna at first. He said, oh, where's the coward boy? Peacock feather playing flute must be Krishna. No, no, I'm a servant. Or in the Vaikuntas, where when Gopakumar went to Vaikuntha, and he sees the devotees, and he thinks, oh, there's Lord Narayan. So Krishna also wants to see the devotees get their opulences. So this is the mood that we are meant to have in our Hare Krishna movement. Of course, the unfortunate reality is that uh, this is more like some sort of a hospital uh, for people who are getting cured of their exploitive mentality. And because we're a preaching movement and we're constantly bringing in new people, constantly. So we have to expect that at any one time, our movement is going to be made primarily of people who are at a beginning stage, because we're constantly expanding, constantly bringing in new people. And therefore, it's a little difficult to have a whole society that's already in this consciousness of, of this Ratiyatra. But at least if we've been around for a while, <laughs> We should be trying to develop this kind of mood. Like it also says in Bhagavatam, when your face is decorated, then your reflection is also decorated. When you decorate Krishna, you also feel decorated. So the idea of this Krishna consciousness movement is to remove the maya from the mind. And this maya, this illusion, is simply, you'll be happy independently. You'll be happy independently. That is illusion. That's the essence of illusion. You are separate from Krishna. Everything else is separate from Krishna. He and she and they, they're all separate from Krishna. This building is separate from Krishna. The trees are separate. Everything's separate from Krishna. Either there's no God or God is just separate off somewhere. And everything is for my enjoyment. That is illusion. I, I enjoy by taking from you. There's a limited amount of things, there's a limited amount of happiness, and I've got to get as much as I can. You know, I want that new pair of shoes, and there's only 10 in the store, I better go buy it quickly before somebody else gets it. I better get to the front of the queue so I can get the burphy, and I don't want to be at the end, and then there won't be any left for me. Right? That's the, 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 that is illusion. Illusion is the way that I'm going to be happy, the way I'm going to feel ecstatic, is that I've got to be there first. I've got to get there first. Because there's not enough ecstasy to go around. And I've got to take, I've got to take from others, and if I have more than others, then I'm very happy. Oh, no. So to change this illusion, that the reality is that we're all connected. That's the reality. Everything is connected. Krishna is all-pervading. He's everywhere. He's in every atom. 
He's in everyone's heart. I'm part of him. I'm part of him. And everyone else is part of him. And the trees and the building and everything is part of him. Everything is, is connected. Everything is related to one another. Everything is related to Krishna. Jai Shishi Paris. And therefore, I will get my pleasure by satisfying the whole. And by satisfying all of the other parts in relationship to the whole. If I help you to become ecstatic in Krishna's service, I will feel more ecstatic than if I try to become ecstatic in Krishna's service myself. This is, of course, the principle of preaching. That if I say, let me go sit at Radhakund and just focus on my own ecstasy. Or if I say, let me bring everybody else and let me, let me give them ecstasy, I will get more ecstasy. I will find more happiness. Let me bring as many people to Krishna as possible. Let me facilitate Krishna's enjoyment with the living entities. Let me use all objects in Krishna's service. And we have practical experience that whenever we're in that mentality, we feel a different kind of happiness. Not only does one feel more happiness, but one experiences a different kind of happiness. The kind of happiness one feels when one is in illusion and one thinks I have to be at the front of the queue and I have to get more than anybody else and I have to get at others' expense is not something I would call joy. It, 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 there's some sort of taste to it. I am perfect, you know, Siddhaham. I am perfect, powerful, happy. I am the greatest. I have something. I have a nicer car. I have a more beautiful wife. I have more money in the bank. But is that joy? Is it joy? Would, would you call that joy? It is something. There's some kind of energy there. It's not joy. But when you facilitate somebody falling in love with Krishna, you facilitate Krishna having his happiness, you feel joy. Isn't that interesting? And we've all experienced that. You feel an expansive joy. And of course, this joy is not limited. It's not like the number of pieces of burfi or the number of shoes in the shop that you run out and I've got to get it first. But Krishna's pleasure is always expanding, 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 expanding. And in fact, Anandam Bhudivardhanam, the happiness of the jiva, Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasvati commenting on Anandam Bhudivardhanam, he says, although the jiva is limited, the jiva's happiness can be unlimited. Material happiness cannot be unlimited. Material happiness is limited in time. Material happiness is limited in space. Material happiness gets boring after a while. Right? You buy some new thing and you really like it, and after a while it's just what you have. Huh? Isn't it like that? Like someone gave me this cheddar in Rindavan, and I really needed a cheddar like this. 
So I was really happy. The first week I was wearing it, I was like, yes, I really needed this cheddar. Now it's just my cheddar. <laughs> I don't feel happy putting it on anymore. It's just, it's just there. You follow? Isn't everything like that? Right? You, you have something and it's all shiny and new. And, and then after a while, it's just, you don't even hardly notice it anymore. But spiritual happiness is always fresh and new. And it's always expanding. So we can meditate on how to actually get this spiritual happiness. To become aware. We can do this today. Become aware. How am I trying to be happy? Everyone's trying to be happy. Anandamaya Vyasat. We're all pleasure-seeking beings. Whatever we do is an attempt to be happy. Everything we do, everything we do, everything we say, everything we think is an attempt to be happy. Prabhupada says that we're always trying to enjoy one of the rasas. That's what's, that's what's driving us. Prabhupada was asked in South America, what is the purpose of life? He said, ananda, to be happy. So we can examine, how am I trying to be happy? Am I trying to be happy by getting something for myself? Am I trying to be happy by putting myself at the center? Am I taking pleasure in others' unhappiness? Or am I trying to be happy by facilitating others? Now, materially, if you just try to be happy by facilitating others, it's a little bit better, but it's, it's, even that doesn't really work. Because it's still the root is selfishness, and if I'm trying to facilitate others' material happiness, because material happiness, by definition, is exploited, the, the whole system doesn't work. It breaks down. Therefore, you find people who try to be happy just by giving materially. You know, I'm going to give my wife lots of jewelry and nice clothes, and, out, and, and it, after a while, you just like, I don't really want to do that anymore. I don't know how much she appreciates it even. She got angry at me anyway. Right? Isn't it like that? If we just try to give to somebody in a material sense, it, it, it. after a while, we become frustrated, and we say, I don't know about this giving business. But if we try to give others their relationship with Krishna. So we can examine, am I getting my happiness from bringing others closer to Krishna? Now there's a caveat here. Getting happiness by bringing others closer to Krishna, it's not just what we're doing, but it's how we're doing it. So if you try to bring others closer to Krishna by shaming them, by telling them how foolish they are, by forcing them. Why aren't you reading Prabhupada's books? Why aren't you doing it? That isn't going to actually bring them closer to Krishna. So it's not just what, but it's how. Our way of bringing others closer to Krishna should be in and of itself a bringing others closer to Krishna. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? It's not just a result. That's fruit of activity. Fruit of activity is... You do something you don't like, hoping you're going to get a result at the end that you do like. Devotional service is, the service itself is the result. There's not really a distinction between the process and the goal. Abhideya and prayojana. The abhideya for devotional service is devotional service. You you can't really, like Bhagavad Gita 424, the one who's offering that which is being offered, the result, the process, it's all transcendent. So my way 
of bringing others closer to Krishna should itself be bringing others closer to Krishna. The process by which I do it. Not just thinking, well, if I push them to do something, then they'll be closer to Krishna, and then I'll be happy. But how I'm trying to convince someone to become closer to Krishna, how I'm trying to inspire someone to be closer to Krishna, how I'm facilitating someone to be closer to Krishna, that in and of itself should be bringing them closer to Krishna. And if I do that, then I will be feeling ecstasy at every moment. What's really interesting is then we'll be feeling ecstasy even if they don't get closer to Krishna. That's what's really interesting. Because it's not result-oriented. It's like if you go out to distribute books. Even if nobody buys a book all day, if your process of trying to get people to buy a book was already in the mood of bringing that person closer to Krishna, you'll come back ecstatic. That's what Krishna talks about when he says, don't be attached to success or failure. This is yoga, it's the art of work. So if we can do this today, maybe with one person in our life, pick one person in our life. Maybe we can take a person in our life with whom we have felt frustrated. Or whom we have a tendency to envy. Somebody where there is some difficulty even in the relationship. And meditate today. I'm going to find my happiness today at helping this person come closer to Krishna. Whether they come closer to Krishna or not. I'm going to find my happiness today in doing my utmost to bring them closer to Krishna. And whatever I do to bring them closer to Krishna should be a bringing closer to Krishna. My process of bringing them closer to Krishna should be exhibiting love for Krishna. It should be exhibiting mercy. Yeah. And try it. And then as soon as we try that, the the happiness we get from that is so great and of such a fine quality. Parmjustranivartiti. Then naturally, we'll look at exploitive relationships and say, no, thank you. This is our process. We can try to become uh, detached from exploitive relationships just by hearing philosophy. That's called Jan Yoga, by the way. But it, it, it doesn't really stay. But if we experience how much, how far, far greater in quantity and quality is this pleasure of helping others connect with Krishna, giving Krishna pleasure, then naturally, naturally, we become detached from this illusion. And naturally, we want the illusion out of the mind. Naturally, we want the mind filled with Krishna. Not just because we're convinced intellectually, but because we're experiencing that. And just imagine, if each of us were to do that today with somebody with whom we have a difficult relationship, and then if we did that again tomorrow, we did that again tomorrow, and everybody did that consistently, then our society here would become so attractive that we wouldn't be able to facilitate everybody who wanted to join our Hare Krishna movement. We wouldn't know what to do with them. We'd get busloads of people coming from Paris all the way out here. 
and saying, you know, I want whatever you've got. Questions, comments, additions, subtractions? No? So are we ready to give us a, a, a try? Thank you.